Well, hello, and welcome to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I'm your host, Chris Levine, and no, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on the internet. What I am is a popular culture, fully absorbent sponge, and someone who's obsessed with psychology. And it recently hit me, not unlike a Reese's peanut butter cup with its peanut butter and chocolate, Pop culture and psychology are two great things that taste great together. So welcome. Enjoy our time together. Think about it. A time where you don't actually have to do anything. Isn't that nice? So to get started, I have a question for you. How does social media rate in your world personally? I thought we could talk about that a little bit today. Maybe we could start with a little television point of reference. Did you ever happen to see the 1959 episode of The Twilight Zone called The Lonely? It was a good one. It starred Jack Warden. This is the gist of the plot. He was a criminal, and supposedly in the future, they would send criminals to other planets by themselves. That was their punishment. Well, during a yearly supply visit, one of the officers who came every year eventually sympathized with him and left him a robot girl named Alicia. Well, he at first is completely annoyed by the fact that there's a robot with him, but she is legitimate company for him after a while. Anyways, later, his case is completely pardoned, and he's allowed to come back to Earth, but they didn't have enough weight allowance on the ship to bring both him and Alicia. Long story short, the officers had to shoot her and show him the wires inside her to remind him that in fact she was not a real woman, but a robot. The point, he being lonely, convinced himself that she was real. It kept him sane. This got me thinking. You know, many people use social media to step in as their very own Alicia these days. And it's nothing new. It was by all means happening before there even was a pandemic on our hands. Some have hundreds of potential friends, say on Facebook. But I have to ask, does this work for friendship? Like real, unadulterated friendship. Like if you needed to go to the hospital at a moment's notice, how many of these hundreds of friends would be there? How many of them would take you or pick you up? How many of them even know who you are personally? So the question ultimately is, which is better to have a very small group of tight, real, devoted friends that actually love you, that live and breathe and laugh at your jokes, or hundreds of Alicia's? who only notice you on occasion if you happen to post something that connects with them momentarily. Well, to be balanced, one might think that the Jack Warden character, to some degree, is in every single one of us. 
we're all isolated at times and, and we may need an Alicia to not go insane. And you know what? There may be some truth in that. But it seems that too many people would rather stay in outer space on the prison planet with her than to be with actual people in person at home. That's where it gets tricky. You see, we see the glamour on social media. We see the fun. We see the abandon. It's thrown at us by the champagne fluteful on a regular basis. And this sometimes hurts. We may not like our present circumstances, and we see this otherworldliness and think, I want that too. But should we envy this? I would say no. Why? Well, because behind those posted pictures that we look at vicariously of lobster and hair extensions are often very sad people, sometimes miserable people, that maybe just cheer up for the selfie and then go right back to being who they are. And this is where social media really isn't the best ruler to measure your quality of life by. Think about it like this. If a person takes the same play to a different stage, more than likely, they and their audience will experience the same drama, whether that stage is in the United States or whether that stage is in Australia. It doesn't matter. So what can you do? Well, here's my suggestion. I would suggest to make social media, if you even use it, the icing on your cake and not the cake itself. Look, I get it. Icing with its sugar obviously tastes really good. No question. That works on an entertainment level as well. Think musically. There are songs that are just pure saccharine and they just work beautifully. Like Pop Music by M or Mickey by Tony Basil. I'm pretty sure that these songs probably aren't going to change anyone's life spiritually or politically, but they come on the radio and I'm right there. I crave the sugar and, and I crank the volume. I inhale songs like this like I would excessively sweet iced tea on a hot summer day. I mean, how can't you? But the thing is, it can't be that all the time for me. I need deeper stuff too. And my guess is that so do you. That's why social media should just be the icing. We often make the cake itself social media. How? Well, let's get deep. Pick up your shovels and dig this. Many of us actually live our own lives vicariously through the lives that we portray ourselves electronically. Heavy, right? But you know what? For many, it's very true. Now, this isn't necessarily terrible, but at the very least, it is stifling. Think of it like this. It's like we're sitting in a 3D movie in the 1950s, and we're wearing the groovy colored glasses to get the full effect of the giant radioactive ants getting extra close to us. Then the movie ends, but we decide to just keep wearing the glasses for the rest of our lives. Now think about it. Is that logical? If, if the 90-foot radioactive killer ants were real, would you want them to get so close to you? You only do it during the movie because it's a movie. 
because they're not real. It's entertainment. It might be better instead to wear your regular glasses once you leave the theater to see the world and the things in it realistically and to drive home and, and make it in one piece. When we daydream, dream during the day, it isn't a bad thing. And I'm not discouraging that at all. The thing is, we can't live there. And we, we, we can't just let the real things that are actually happening to us pass by while we're in fantasy land. It's like a parade is going by. And there's this huge inflatable Kermit the Frog right in front of us. And instead of just enjoying that one little special moment with the huge Kermit, now in our day and age, we feel compelled to somehow instead find some ginor ginormous cloth to rub against him to create static electricity so that we can conveniently stick Kermit on the side of the Chrysler building so we can see him all year long, or at least until the air inside him is depleted. But we watch parades through our phones now. We video it live instead of just using our sense of sight. And again, with balance, I don't think this is terrible, but it's become so extreme. Listen to what this author in Psychology Today said. I liked it a lot, so I'm just going to quote it to you. It says, fundamentally, technology creates a mediated and low-resolution approximation of life that does offer utilitarian benefits and some entertainment value. But is it real enough to want to substitute much of real life? That, folks, is the question. And as far as I'm concerned, the answer is no. It's great that it's there. But at the same time, so is real life. And I don't mean that in a morbid way. I mean that in a healthy way. In fact, I personally hope that if and when this coronavirus pandemic ends, that we have a new appreciation for our reality and our normalcy. Uh, we need, for example, the genuineness of a sincere hug so badly as a collective world right now. We don't really need likes, hits, and followers so much. We need to be able to sit down at a table together. We need to be able to take a road trip with people or bond in ways beyond just Zoom meetings. When and if we get the chance, what do you think is going to happen? Are we going to go backwards? Are we as people individually and collectively going to blow it? We have the opportunity at that point to really appreciate it and be more hospitable than we ever were in our lives. We can embrace the freedom to live each day, not vicariously through the life we portray electronically, but for real. So let's venture from our normalcy online sometimes but be sure to leave a light on so you don't get too lost when you try to get back home. Essentially, maybe we could wrap it up this way. Let's all collectively kiss Alicia goodbye and subsequently fall into the arms of meaningfulness. Well, this is the pilot episode of Refresher. We really appreciate you giving us a taste and seeing whether or not you like us. What we're going to do at the end of each one of these podcasts is we're going to close each episode with a playlist that is topically married to our discussion. All the songs will be available to you to check out on Spotify. 
It's very simple. Just search Refresher Podcast dash social media. And that'll be for your social media playlist. And whatever the theme is of the next one, that'll come after the dash. So here's what we have for you this time around. Social media playlist. Ten songs. Song number one, In My Life by The Beatles. Not only is it very sweet and touching, but it was very pre-internet and it shows. Number two is Jumping Someone Else's Train by The Cure. How often do we allow social media to, di to dictate to us what we like, what we should listen to, uh, what we should watch? And that song kind of encapsulate just following the herd. Uh, number three is Can't Find My Way Home by Blind Faith. We don't want to get so far out that, that that's possible. Number four is Nothing But Flowers by Talking Heads. Great song. Song basically is talking about how if we had to go back to nature, would we resent it? Would we miss the 7-Eleven and resent the cornfield? Interesting stuff. Number five, Digital Man by Rush. Now, the bass playing in this song alone is worth the price of admission. But trust me, it's on point with this message, too. Number six, It's More Fun to Compute by Kraftwerk. Number seven, Who You Are by Pearl Jam. Number eight, Beautiful World by Devo. Number nine, Days by The Kinks. And finally, number 10, Thank You Friends by Big Star. And we'd like to thank you very much for listening. Again, if you'd like to check out this playlist in its entirety on Spotify, just type into the search bar, refresher podcast dash social media thanks for tuning into the pilot episode of refresher you know before we close we just wanted to once again mention the guys at the managing expectations podcast go check them out on spotify too they talk books pop culture films everything in between they've even got a, a book club going on their podcast which is really entertaining again they are the managing expectation podcast and also, if you know what's good for you, remember to check in and have a listen to the 7208 podcast on Spotify as well. For multi-generational pop culture, dot, 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 blended to perfection. The music that begins and ends this podcast is the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by John Villafuerte. Until then... This is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. See you next time.